Hello and welcome to this RCL conversation, Serving and Loving the City. Today's conversation comes to us from an equip class that took place in April 2022. We all know that London is a beautiful city, but it's also a broken one, filled with all kinds of need. As a church, we long to see London renewed by the gospel, and we also strive to be a church that serves for the flourishing of all the inhabitants of our city. In today's conversation, we were joined by two speakers, Caroline Miller and Germa Bishaw, who you'll hear introduced shortly, and we also launched our new RCL ministry, Serve the City, all of the details of which you can find under the Ministries tab on our website. So grab your notebooks and your pens as we embark on this conversation, looking at why we should and how we can practically love and serve our city. Pastor Bajan Mitalui opens us in a time of prayer. God, thank you so much for gathering us in this really lovely space to spend time learning and dreaming and talking about what it means to love and serve this great city. Pray that you would be with us, that you'd be with our guest speakers tonight, and that you would fill us with your spirit so that we would not only be able to understand and think more carefully about loving and serving London, but that we would also be filled with power, filled with the power of your spirit to put into action and to live out what you are calling us to do and calling us to be. So we thank you for this time. We thank you for this space. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, again, a very warm welcome to you. And tonight we have a real treat because not only at the end am I going to be sharing some updates about what it looks like for us as a church to take steps to serve the city, but we also are going to hear from two guest speakers, so I'll introduce them in turn. But let me just give you the overview of the night. So first, Caroline, who I'll introduce in a second, is going to be speaking. After Caroline speaks, we'll have a time for a table discussion. Then, Pastor Girma, who many of you already know, will be speaking. After that, we'll have some more table discussion. And then finally, there'll be a time of conversation, hence the cool leather chairs behind me. And so I'll be talking to them. On your tables, do you see your little postcards? Those are for you to write down questions that you want to ask Caroline or Gurma as the night goes on. So if at any point during their teaching or any time during your table discussions, if you discern questions that you'd love to ask them or more broadly topics related to loving and serving the city, jot down on those postcards your questions. We'll collect them right before the panel conversation. Make sense? All right. Amazing. So Caroline Miller is going to be first to speak. She is currently the Director of Operations for the London Project. I've talked a lot to many of you about the London Project. It's an organization here in the city that seeks to serve and strengthen networks of churches that are trying to advance gospel-centered ministry and good in our city. So we love the London Project. We're thankful for them. Before Caroline's work with the London Project, she was at All Souls Church. Many of you know All Souls serving on their evangelism team, and also worked with London City Mission as, I think, the partnerships director, if I have that correct. I first met Caroline when I, shortly after we got to London, and not only has she been a kind and encouraging friend, but she has decades of ministry experience and life experience in London. And so she's been an incredible friend, but also voice and counselor to many of us. She's contributed to a lot of what you're going to hear later this evening. So please give the warmest RCL welcome to Caroline Miller. Cool. Well, I'm 
absolutely delighted to be here tonight. Um, and yeah, great to see so many of you on a Monday night. Good to see you coming here and wanting to find out more about loving the city. Um, so Bijan asked me to speak a little bit about why I love the city. And I'd like to say my passion for cities probably started over 20 years ago where I first decided to um, choose my subjects for my GCSEs. So I would say when I first started, I was looking at taking geography and through learning about geography and studying urbanisation, I was like, oh, wow, cities are really interesting and, and um, fascinating for me. That passion continued to grow. I studied architecture um, and so I was very much involved in the design of thinking about the design of cities and urban areas and placemaking. Um, one of the great joys I had during my studies was going to the Venice Biennale, which is a festival that is held every other, some of you may know, every other um, year interrelated with the Art Biennale. Um, and I was there during 2006 when the theme was cities, architecture and society. And um, I think this is one of the images from that exhibition, which just blew me away. Basically, they had these models of each of these cities and the densities, so the populations, and you just saw cities in a completely different way. You saw, like, um, the number of people per, uh, you know, per area in comparison and just seeing all these different global cities right across what it was pretty breathtaking in this really old building in um, Venice. And basically, um, there was a guy that was curating it called Ricky Baudet, and he, he said this, we can observe that our urban era is a problematic one, brimming with pressing but also promising challenges, providing the opportunity to redesign the meanings, the functions, the aptitudes and the positive features of the various urban structures and strategies. This is where architects and design professionals have the opportunity and duty to contribute to the construction of a sustainable world, both at an environmental and at a social level. Although each city must face its individual and complex combinations of challenges, it's been widely recognised that some of the most common concerns will have to be tackled by practically all cities in all the regions of the world in order to con concentrate their economic potential while increasing social equality and respect for the environment. So as I was studying architecture, this is a sort of, these were the sorts of problems that I was just like so drawn to and attracted to, the complexity of the city, it's just the um, sheer scale of cities, the possibilities and opportunities of cities. And then after that, architecture realised it wasn't a career for me. I've had quite a few career changes in my life, I think. It's a kind of a, a generational thing, maybe. Um, but I ended up working for um, City Hall. I was working at City Hall for this person you might recognise him. Um, and he was really all about London, the greatest city on earth. Now, I'm sure his uh, political lines might have his comms lines might have changed since then. But we were all working post-Olympics, so this is thinking about post-2012, about London and about how we wanted to lengthen the current lead of London as a financial, commercial, cultural, artistic, media, educational, scientific and innovation capital of the world. He wanted to help make it the best place to live. And I was very much drawn to this too. I'm actually 
I mean, I'm not sure how many people here are, but I am actually a born Londoner. So I know we are very few and far between. Most people have actually moved into... How many Londoners are there in the room? Oh, we have a few. That's really good to know. So, so to me, London is also home. The other thing I am is I'm someone that came to faith and came to know who Jesus was later on in life. So uh, for a lot of my life, I didn't know who Jesus was. And so in my late 20s, when I came to faith and actually started to learn about who Jesus is and who I am and who God is, everything that I was um, involved with before completely changed. It changed my whole perspective over everything. And um, I got involved with different ministries, so I was working at All Souls, it's where I came to faith. But also, um, I came to read more about Tim Keller, Movement Day, and um, went to different conferences and realised, actually, there's something about cities and God. And he has a heart and a love for cities. And that led me to London City Mission, where their tagline is, because London needs Jesus. Um, and to me, that was just like, I have found my calling. Cities, London, Jesus, brilliant. And also, you know, my passion, I really want people everywhere to know who Jesus is. So this is a little bit about why I love the city. London is my home, and I think everyone loves their home, right? So there is something quite special about it. I have a history um, and a career in placemaking, I love the complexity and diversity of where it is. Um, I'm one of those people that never wants to leave the city. Um, I am living now in Tower Hamlets, it's the best borough of London, it's the best place to live and you know, I am happy, I didn't need convincing about staying in the city. Okay? I'm, I haven't gone and looked cheekily on right move for a place that has a bigger garden than that in the suburbs and things like that. I didn't grow up with a garden, so I'm not rat bothered. Anyway. I love the city. Question is, do you love the city? And what is your relationship with the city? Now, everyone here will have very different, different perspectives on that. But the thing that draws us together as Christians is that our perspectives should all be shaped by our God, right? Our perspectives and our relationship with the city and why we love the city really is focused on God's heart for the city. And I'm, I think I'm going to give sort of like four different reasons why. And the first one isn't really just about London. But I think what I've realised as we, when we become Christians, we, form, we have a new identity and we have a new purpose. We become children of God, we become part of the family, we have different relationships, we have different connections, and our purpose is different, our meaning to life is different, right? We have different um, ways of thinking about what our life has, the significance of our life, the meaning. Our purpose is around worship of God, glorifying God, our calling. Things change. But amongst all of that, Place is extremely important to God. And I think this is something that I'm becoming more and more um, connected with. And maybe it's with the pandemic as well. You know, like where we are physically really matters. And it really matters to God. And you see it through scripture. 
We are storied beings. We are part of God's story. But we are shaped and we are shaping the world around us. Placemaking is part of God's design for us and for us being human even. And so God created us to be in a place. And throughout scripture, the names of place, I mean, there are so many names, right? I mean, I've been going through, you know, Bible in a year and just highlighting the names and thinking, yeah, one day I will actually start to look into every single name and what it means and the significance of it or whatever. But that's a personal pet project. But, you know, through, from Eden, the promised land, Jerusalem, even the cities that Paul went to. I mean, I had to look at the number of cities that Paul visited It is more than any EasyJet runner. I'm thinking about this because I'm going on holiday tomorrow. But it's more than any list of, of, of those. I mean, he went everywhere. Rome, Corinth, Colossae, Antioch, Philippi, Athens, right? So many different places. And we even know that in the new creation, it is a place. So the question is, in the, before Jesus returns, in the now and the not yet, he has put us in a place. Now, the thing about London, we all know, it's quite transient. You've got people coming and going. And as they come, or as you come, because you might not think you're going to be here in 20 years, but as you are here in the place that God has placed you, it is not by accident. It is not a mistake that you are in place. And unless you are commuting from out of the city into the city to go to reality church. hope not. There are plenty of churches all around. But unless you are, then London is the place that he has placed you. And so what is the posture? How should we be in this place? Well, we can only have... We must have a relationship with the place, firstly, Right? And my argument here is that actually to relate to a place and to relate in a way that God relates to places is to love the place. So if we look at it, there's also the fact that... um, So the second point I would say, so God created us to be in a place. Um, But God loves the cities and... In, this, in scripture, there are, there are lots of places where we see God-loving cities and places and people. And I think that is the thing. He has a love for people. I mean, even when we, I mean, we've just celebrated Easter and you see Jesus died for all of, all of the people, right? He died for each one of us and he died for all the, all the lost people that don't know him. And... I think for me, there have been moments in scripture where it's been really, it's just really struck me. I mean, and this gets quoted a few times, but when we see, even in the passage in Jonah, and, you, and, you, and you're looking at Nineveh, and, and God is saying, you know, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? And he talks about 120,000 people in this great city who cannot tell their right hand from their left. God loves Nineveh. He sent Jonah to Nineveh, you know? And so we see this love for people. So the second why is really, if we are people that love God and we want to be more like him, then surely it means that we should be loving people too. 
And we should be loving our cities in that way. And the third thing is really, I think city, God's love for the city is also really, well, our reason to love the city is really about this idea of worship. Now, I know that some people, and I'm the same at times, we go out and we leave London and we go to somewhere beautiful in natural beauty and we go, yes, we can marvel and worship at God's creation. How amazing. But I think sometimes we miss actually the creativity and the cultivation of culture and creation in the city. The way that people come together and, you know, like... It's some of kind of what Boris was talking about of, you know, the financial, commercial, cultural, artistic, media, educational, scientific, innovation. The stuff that is good there is to be marvelled. And we know that God is sovereign and he is the one that is part of all of that. He is the one that creates it all. He creates the people. There are so many people that are made in his image. Of, you know, the image of God is around us everywhere. And they come to the cities. So I would say, actually, another reason to love the city is just to worship, you know, worship the hand of God and, and what God has done. And the final one, which is where all my slides come in, Luke, so <laughs> I have to be quite quick, is really about the opportunity it is for us to join in with what God is doing here. God is transforming lives. He is loving people. He's drawing compassion. He's drawing them to himself. And I think if we actually start to look at who these people are um, and understand what our city is like, it will help us to really understand why. And the why is really the people in the city. So um, this is just a bit about London. London, I don't even know if this is still the case, but I've put this up because it puts London at the top. So uh, London, <laughs> global powerful city in the world, and we've talked a bit about all of these different things. Amazing reasons to love the city. But London is also, like, so diverse. These are the second languages. There are, like, over 300 languages that are spoken in London. You know, when in Revelation 7, 9, where it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And I'm thinking, all those people are already here. They're already, like, look at all those languages being spoken. Um, and people coming from all over the world to London. And then... This one here just shows a bit of the ethnic mix of um, all across London. Keep going. But that London is also a place of real poverty. I remember one of the facts that um, I didn't realise, actually, um, but I found out when I was working at, um, at the Mayor of London, is actually the level of child poverty in London is high. And especially in boroughs that are like in the east, as you can see up here. And you think, this is like, you know, like that first slide where it was like London's like the top in finance, commerce and all of these things. And yet you've got a city where child poverty is high, where, where you've got kids that can't actually afford to eat during school holidays because their families just can't provide for them. I mean, there is so much need here. 
And this just shows um, the different faiths. This just takes one. It's the Muslim population in London. There's this real, um, I don't know, I mean, if you're, like, we're here in the East. There's, like, a boomerang of the East that really shows, and there's three things. There's, like, the um, number of, uh, well, the poverty map um, is dense. The, um, there's a high population of Muslims, but also the next one is actually you've also got the youngest, um, the most dense um, amount of young people here as well. So it's also quite a young city. And these are all people that need to be loved. Um, this is a map that, interestingly, so it, there's Office of National Statistics and things like that have brought together a whole load of different data points. And I think for us as Christians, it's really interesting to look at these things. This was 2011. There's a new census coming out, um, and they build, bring things from the census map. And this is done um, where they've actually grouped different categories. So they call like intermediate lifestyles, settled Asians, urban elites, and they've got different, um, different categories that they've brought together. But it just shows you the different areas have very different makeup of people. So as we love the city, we need to start to understand who is in our city and who the people are and actually start having a relationship with them. In this, we've been working on the London Project, and I've only got three copies of this, so if, you, if you're quick, you can just grab one after me, and if, if you want more, let us know. We'll take your details. But we've got, what we did was, um, we did a little slice in here, London in Numbers, and this basically talks a lot about the city in terms of, like, what it is because what we realized is when many people come to the city and they just know their own little pocket of the city and they don't necessarily have a relationship to the wider whole and that might be actually seeing the city as God has placed us in the city and therefore like how do we actually view the, the whole of the city from his perspective but also in terms of the people that we're engaging with we might just be engaging with a small part of society the people that we work with the people well not everyone really speaks to their neighbours in London but you might actually speak to some people that you live with or live near um, but actually what we tried to do was to open up some of these thoughts and ideas about more about London in this, in this way. And actually what we found, and, and this stat is probably old, but I will, I will say, I'll just quickly say it. Um, the population in 2020 is 9 million. There are around 721,000 that attend church. That's only 8% of people. So according to my maths, there's like 8 million, 317, 890 people, that 8 million, 8.3 million people, which are 8.3 million reasons to love the city. So just to finish, why love the city? There are many reasons, opportunity, your work, culture, home, whatever it is. But as Christians, what we want to be is to have God-shaped reasons to love our city. A city where he is, is a place where he has called us, a city which is an opportunity to be more like him. And a city that gives us the opportunity to marvel at its creation and an opportunity to join in and be salt and light with the work and join in with the work of our Father. Amen. So Caroline just talked with us about why to love the city 
And I've asked Pastor Germa to talk about how to love this city. Now, in terms of an introduction, I don't need to give a long introduction for Pastor Germa because you know him. He's part of our church. But let me just say, not only has he had tons of ministry experience in London, both leading a church and also serving other leaders. And he founded the Gratitude Initiative, which many of you have heard about. But he's also just become a dear friend to me. And I'm so grateful for his presence in my life and in our church. So please give another warm RCL welcome to Pastor Germa. Thank you so much. Um, Bijan is very kind, so he says nice things. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> my story and my uh, presentation is completely different from um, Caroline. It's not glamorous. I don't have any uh, PowerPoints or anything. So I came from Ethiopia to London, um, and I am a Londoner. And when you come to a big city from Africa and as <clears throat> as a refugee, the you know you, the, the the challenge um, you know kind of the, the big your encounter with this massive big culture is very uh, daunting. So what happened is that you gather together as you know kind of where you came where you come from uh, when you came from and um, build your own community, eat your own food, speak your own language, and kind of live together and kind of try to um, survive this huge challenge that's uh, 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 you know, in front of you. So I've been pastoring Ethiopian church for a very long time, for about 18 years, doing everything I just said, eating injera. I mean, if you haven't eaten injera yet, you haven't tasted um, good food yet, if you haven't. Um, so speaking Amharic and really having our own uh, Ethiopia within, within London. But, but, but when I began to see um, London and kind of encounter with other um, people who have come from different uh, other countries and also with people who go with the host nation, I, I started to see the uh, evangelistic missional opportunity that London and migration has created in London. I mean, you have, as Caroline was saying, we have more than 300 uh, languages spoken. Almost the whole world is here. So the opportunity, especially um, you know, uh, as I said, I came from Ethiopia and uh, from our neighboring um, countries like Somali and Djibouti and those kind of uh, places where going to preach the gospel is very, very difficult. In fact, impossible. If you go there and share the gospel, you'll be killed. You see them around you. You, are, you, you know, you can befriend them. You live, you know, you eat, you eat together. You are be able to share the gospel to them and they are not going to do anything to you here. I mean, this massive missional opportunity um, and kind of the beauty that is in London. And also, uh, as a minority, um, you know, when you are um, facing a challenge, you, 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 you are tended to see other challenges that people are um, uh, going through, the sufferings and kind of the, the cries and the, the challenges and, and kind of the, that encounter with, with this massive, uh, you, know, you know, city and people made me to fall in love with, with um, London. And um, <clears throat> as I began to question, what does it mean for me as an as a immigrant, as a refugee, to be Londoner, to be, um, you know, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in the city of London? Uh, that um, challenged me to come out of my own um, kind of ghetto, uh, to embrace the wider community and to be the disciple of Jesus Christ and to to face the challenges with him 
and particularly the message of Peter, First Peter, really spoke to me very significantly because, as you, you know, um, Peter was speaking to the people who were scattered to those, uh, you know, different cities to consider themselves that they are actually sent by God to, to where they are and also to consider that they are, they are there as a citizen of heaven. When you, are, when, you are, when you accept your identity in Christ, it liberates you. You know, when you, when you acknowledge, um, embrace your transnational identity in Christ, then you will be released to embrace transnational responsibility, to engage um, equally with others. So I'm responsible for the mission of God in London as any Brits, because I'm a child of God. So that kind of loving, you know, if you don't, how can you preach the gospel to the people that you don't love? How can you pray for the country or the city that you don't care about? And how can you pray earnestly to the country you don't care about? So making myself available, my heart available for London, for uh, Britain became my passion and kind of that, that helped me to see uh, as I go out of my that territory, I started to encounter different things. I started to see that you know, where there is a diversity, where there is a gospel-transformed community, uh, it was easier for me to, in to interact and to get in. And I started to, from, as an outsider, started to see some of the problems that could actually hinder us from loving and serving uh, the city. So I have uh, five or six things just to highlight uh, for you to reflect on. And one of the things is, it, I can see, I can take it as a given. Um, uh, one of the, 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 the first thing I, you know, I wanted to mention is that um, we need to be, we need to be um, a gospel-centered community. I think that is, as I said, it's a given. I mean, um, we, one of the things I'm really excited about um, reality church is the very fact that uh, the gospel is the center of uh, our, our ministry, our life here. And that, that is very, very important. And uh, we need to be reminded all the time. I think it is, you know, it is easier, easy to, um, you know, there's this uh, extreme, one is legal, le uh, legalistic and considering your own uh, um, kind of good work to be the, 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 the standard for you to, to, to be accepted by God. And you start to see others that, that kind of thing. When you are in that kind of legalistic framework, people can see that people feel judged, judged um, when you approach them. There is that kind of uh, higher, higher and looking down kind of a thing, even before we, without us being conscious of. And, you know, so we need to be reminded that the gospel uh, needs to be the center. The gospel needs to transform our hearts and our minds. And when our heart is really, uh, you know, embrace the unconditional love of God and that, that the fact that we are accepted in Christ because of who, uh, who he is and what he has done for us. When we are settled in that and live in that, uh, uh, rooted in that uh, realm, we become attractive. And the way we com communicate and uh, engage with the community in the city, uh, it's, it's, uh, it becomes um, different. You know, um, um, everything about us speaks the good news when we are in that kind of thing and we become attractive and a breath of fresh air in an environment where people are battered by all kinds of voices that say they are not good enough and when they meet us they see they they they, they feel that love of god um, you know um, reflecting through our um, conversation with them 
And the second thing is we need to embrace the fact that we are, uh, you know, we are sent, being sent. That it doesn't matter how we came to the city, we are sent by God. This sentness, uh, the fact that we are being sent, this awareness of um, uh, sentience is very, very, very important. Um, you know, Tim Keller talks about, uh, I think, four kinds of people uh, or relatedness with the city. One is, um, I think Caroline mentioned it, is commute, commuters. You know, those kinds of people who come to the city just to get something done and then just fly out. So they don't, they don't engage with the city, they don't have any uh, affection with the city, they don't heal the city, they, there is no, um, they are just commuters. And the second um, people group that he talks about is survivors. They are here because they, they, they have to. You know, maybe it's because of a job situation, uh, job opportunity, they came from uh, other towns, uh, or like me, from other countries for, because they have to. And they are here, so they endure the city. They don't enjoy the city. They don't, they don't you know, kind of engage with the city. And you cannot um, pray for the uh, peace of the city if you don't have peace with the city. So that, that, that they are just sur survivors. Uh, he calls them survivors. Um, they might benefit from the city, but are not connected to the city. The third ones are consumers. They love their experience of the city, but they don't care about the life of the city or the problem of the city. So these this are, you know, um, I think this, this says itself consumers. And the uh, fourth ones are the natives, you know, who people, people like Caroline who are born here and grow up here and uh, take things as granted for granted and, and just, you know, familiar with the, with the city. And they don't, you know, just, they just, they just uh, live there without that uh, uh, heart and attitude of sentiment that they are there because God wants them. There's, they are there as missionaries, they are there as children of God, as ambassadors of God. That sense of sentiment is very, very important. And it is that which, um, uh, you know, kind of help us to love the city. Um, because uh, when you are... Um, uh, when you accept and embrace this sentence, you, you, you know, you, it, it challenges, um, it, it, it changes your posture, uh, how you engage with the city. It puts you on alert. You see the, you know, you, it opens your eyes. You become sensitive to what, what God is doing in the city. You know, you, you, you are open. You are always, um, uh, and, uh, you know, alert and um, you, 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 uh, it will be easier for you to discern what God is doing and to act accordingly. So this embracing sentiments is the second um, uh, point that I want us to reflect on. The, the third thing is really uh, by avoiding the abstract concept of the city and engage with the local community. When we talk about love in the city, we're not, you know, sometimes it can become abstract. You know, this massive London, you know, how do we, you love London? Uh, so, but, but, but when we talk about um, loving the city of London, we mean loving our neighbors, loving our co communities, loving the strangers that we meet, loving our, our, our colleagues in the workplace. It's, 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 you know, we need to bring it down to our day-to-day -day activities, our day-to-day -day, uh, engagement. So, um, uh, so, you know, engaging locally where, you, where we live and where we do church. 
and developing a long-term relationship going beyond associating with our religious believers, you know, really going out and engaging with, with the community, being concerned about the, the livelihood of our, our, um, our communities. And, um, and really, um, the, the injustice that's happening in our community. The, somebody said once that there cannot be uh, a, a love for the individual without justice in the community. We can't say, I love you in the church and don't care about the life the person is living in, the, the problems and the difficulties and the challenges that person is uh, living in. So that embracing is just bringing things down to our locality and engaging uh, um, is very, very important. So uh, when you are um, like that, then you will be able to listen to the needs of the community, you know, before you actually speak. And, uh, and then you share the gospel with affection and gentleness and love. And the fourth is by being a different community, distinct. I mean, um, the, the problem, when I, when I started to connect with the whole churches from host nations and other churches, as I came out from my ghetto, as I said, the problem I, I was facing, and uh, I, I say this uh, quite often, is that we consume the same ideology, the same uh, ideas uh, from the public arena. You know, like everything about everything. We, what we hear, the information, the media outlets and everything, we consume the same thoughts, the same concerns, the same images about others, the same negative images about others. So that actually dictates the way we relate and see other people. So because we don't raise those issues in the church, we are, not, we are shy away from raising and engaging and allowing the gospel to change that, that actually determines the way we relate with others. With others. So, um, so, you know, the, so when you meet Christians, um, if, if you, your relationship, what you, what you are getting is the same, that you are getting outside, then, uh, then it's, 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 you know, it's kind of the gospel failed to, to change us, to make us unique, isn't it? So we, we need to be, we, need to, we shouldn't be afraid to be counterculture, to be unique, to be in terms of humility, in terms of love, in terms of sacrifice, in terms of, uh, you know, um, openness to learn, in terms of all kinds of, you know, Christ-likeness in, in that, that embodiment, that, that uniqueness, in, in terms of forgiveness, in terms of, you know, all the, the values that Christianity is uh, teaching us. That uniqueness is very, very important. People can, should see that we are different. And actually that attracts, that difference actually uh, attracts people to question and, and to, to, to come um, to know the Lord. So our uniqueness is how we actually maintaining that uniqueness and being that different community formed and transformed by the gospel is actually the way we, we love our, uh, by being that we serve uh, and love our um, uh, community and the city. So the, the fifth is unif to be a unifying community. Um, so one of the things I started uh, to, to do after, uh, while I was pastoring the church was, um, uh, do I have time? Okay. So is that um, when, because, you know, I was pastoring Ethiopian church, so I didn't know how to connect with other ch churches, church leaders. I didn't know how to serve the city, what, what that means. So we, we, we started um, this, uh, a festival called Life Festival that we, we do once, once a year. And I started 
communicating with pastors and leaders in, in Islington, actually, and, and we became 18 pastors uh, from 18 churches, totally different, white, black, Spanish, you know, Asians and everything. And that, that just to be there and, 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 and give the, the community a, uh, an opportunity to encounter Christians without cross or anything, without external symbols, just be Christian, Christian community. So what happened was they, we didn't, we were not just, we were just living life. We we're doing life together. And we just, this diverse people group laughing and enjoying. So the, the people who came to provide food was really wondering what made us, you know, they just couldn't understand what, what, what was the, the, what happened to us? Are, are, you, are you high or, or how are you this much free, this much loving, this much? That was honestly, that was a powerful testimony uh, for me, an encouragement to hear uh, people ask, questioning, how come you, you're black and this guy is white and you are, it seems like your brothers. It's just, it's just that there's something is different about you. What's going on? How, how did it, it, you know, that was the question, and so we had to tell them, it's actually Jesus. You know, it is in Christ, only in Jesus Christ, that division, you know, is totally uh, dissolved and, and unity happens. Because of, um, you know, one of, you know, men, uh, usually I, talk, I, I use these uh, symbols in um, uh, Isaiah 11, where the, la the lion and the lamb uh, uh, was eating straw. Do you remember? The lion changed its diet to eat straw with the lamb. Now, the lion, you can imagine what it takes for the lion to be in the presence of the lamb, who should have been its food, and then to change its diet to eat straw, straw to, to, together, and the lamb to trust the lion to share its straw. It happens in the presence of uh, Jesus Christ. It's in the in that kingdom. So the, the, the powerful, the, in, you know, the power could be defined in all kinds of things. The powerful um, coming down and, and be together with the weak and, and loving and doing life together is a powerful testimony of what the gospel can do. And that reconciling community that the people are looking at, the world is looking at, is, is looking for is the church of Jesus Christ, which is, which is um, um, transformed by that. The last one is uh, to love the city, um, we need to hear its cry. Where you see tears, you have ministry. Where you hear cries, that is where, then you have, that is where God is at work. That, then that's where you have ministry. So we need to, hearing and cry, the cry um, and the tears of the city is very, very difficult because the city wears suits, uh, ties, and really nice clothes and uh, shows, uh, brings a very um, brave face and very assertive. But there are all kinds of tears happening behind mm -hmm. it. So to be present before God, to be present for the Holy Spirit, to listen to people's cry, uh, makes us, uh, gives us an opportunity to minister and to love the city. Um.
Great. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today for that RCL conversation. As we mentioned at the start of this recording, that was an excerpt taken from one of our equipped classes. They are classes where we do a deeper dive into specific topics, and they happen round about once a month across a calendar year. So for all the details of how you can find out more about the next upcoming equipped class, please do head to our website, realitychurch.london. There you can also find ways to get in touch if you have any questions over anything you heard today, and also you can find ways to serve in our beautiful church community. So thank you again for joining and we look forward to speaking to you again soon for our next RCL conversation. Goodbye.